Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with Kaylee and Stephanie from Fit Ritual Studio in Beverly, Massachusetts. Ladies, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? We're good. Thank you so much for having us, Dominic. We're excited to be on and chat all things fitness with you. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit, in a nutshell, how would you describe Fit Ritual to someone who has no idea what you're doing there? You want me to take this, Kaylee, or you got it? Yeah, like, it's so hard because I don't want to talk if you're going to talk. And I know. I was like, I was giving the, I was giving the pregnant pause. I'm like, is she going to jump in? Um, <laughs> so we'll fit ritual. All right. You know uh, what I'm going to do? Abu- Sorry, Dominic. This probably fail. I swipe so I can see all of you, and I'll just like give you a point, or like oh, you can be like, I got it, or I'll get my hand if I got it. <laughs> I was like about to answer. Good idea. <laughs> Um, so Fit Ritual is a boutique fitness studio. Um, we have one location in Beverly. We're hoping to eventually have more. Um, we're also online. Um, we specialize in three different types of training. Um, one being what we refer to as sweat, which is a cardio hit focus. One being strength, which is like your heavyweight training um, in time intervals. And then the other being sculpt, which is kind of like a bar Pilates, lightweight, um, high resistor, high um, repetition workout um so we kind of hit what kaylee and i consider to be like the three main pillars that we love about fitness um that we've seen the most results from personally and through our clients um and again we're online and in studio um based on obviously covid happening we shifted a lot of our um our priorities uh to make do with the people who feel come more comfortable at home um but group fitness training we have about um 16 people per class right now used to be a little bit more, but obviously again, with COVID restrictions, we've had to make do. Um, and then we also offer personal training, um, which has been a big avenue for us um, since COVID, since it can be one-on-one, um, people feel more comfortable in like a smaller setting sometimes. And it's also super beneficial for them when they're just getting back into fitness or um, and now hesitant to join a group class. Um, so we have a little bit of offerings for, for anyone. Perfect. Perfect. And so you, you have your, your different class types, your different things that people can come in and, and get or do virtually with you. So depending on their goals, if they're looking to do more muscle building or weight loss or toning or whatever it is, you have a couple of options. So everybody doesn't just get shoehorned into one thing. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Our focus is to give everyone the options but really to encourage the cross training and really to try to get everyone to do all three of our formats and really emphasizing the benefits of bringing in different types of fitness within your routine. Like you'll get people who are like, no, you know, I'm a cardio junkie. I can only do classes of cardio or, you know, I'm, I'm only a lightweight, you know, sculpt style, but our main focus is that look, look at, you're going to avoid, you know, the whole fitness plateau and whatnot, if you're able to bring in this muscle confusion and this different, you know, focuses of training and you're not going to be bored. That's like the biggest thing, you know, it's, not, it's always different. Our classes are always going to feel different. Never mind just training in different areas. Like the actual classes in the same, you know, subcategory will also still have a, a lot of dynamic to them. So it's just 
keeping it really fresh and also really encouraging opening up your mind to different types of fitness and not just marrying yourself to one style. Perfect. Perfect. So you have, you have the different places, the different types of things people can get into. So if somebody's just, if they are doing strength, they don't have to go someplace else for their cardio or their moderate weight. So you have those different things. And, you know, I checked out your website, you have a great website, the social media is good. Where do you find that you're getting the most people interested in the business? Is it still the stage where it's mostly word of mouth and referrals? Are you doing any advertising? What does that look like to get people interested saying like, I want to come to Fit Ritual? So we, uh, we primarily rely on social media um, for that um, and word of mouth, as you're saying. Uh, paid advertising is, is, is such a tough thing these days. Um, and also as like a small um, business, we don't have a huge advertising budget. Um, so we're not putting out like direct mailers or going on radio stations or anything like that. Um, but partnerships <laughs> have been huge, collaborations. Um, like I said, social media. We've done some of the advertising on social media. Um, it's just hard to track it to see like, okay, is this directly from this ad or not? Um, most people that come in, um, our referrals from our current members have heard about us through the grapevine. Um, and I think that that's actually the most valuable source because um, it's the most trustworthy. They're hearing from people that firsthand come to our studio and love it. Um, so it's mostly people like that, that we have come in and, um, and on, you know, the positive note of that is it's, they usually come back. <laughs> so Perfect. So you've had a, you've had a little bit of experience with the paid side, but mostly the organic kind of share, like, comment. You know, somebody gets referred from a friend, they find your social media, they think it looks cool. Those are the people who are showing up in front of you, um, either in person or virtually, coming to check out the gym. Exactly. Absolutely. And then we'll get a few walk-ins. Yeah, Sorry, on that note, I was going to say um, class pass. Definitely, we've, we've had success with class pass, but really our definitions of success with class pass is to convert them, right? So class pass gets them in the door, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. They can be on the app, surfing through, finding you know studios in their location. Um, but our end goal is to get them to be a fit ritual member afterwards. And, and that's the beauty of it is that you have that avenue of class pass bringing them in, but really we want our product to sell itself and afterwards kind of capture them as being coming one of our, our member bases as opposed to a class pass um, client. Perfect. And conversion is definitely an important thing. And, and let's talk about that in a little bit. Somebody comes in, they try a class, they buy a couple of class pass visits, they try a week with you. What does the process look like to get somebody from, in for, let's talk about the in-person because I think it's a little bit easier to picture the tangible um, interaction. Somebody shows up at the studio, they're going to try a week, a class, whatever the case may be. What type of process do they get taken through? Um, so we have a couple of trial offers that we kind of try to funnel them into membership from. Um, so and like I think we mentioned in the beginning, um, we have a couple of different ways of um, joining the gym from like full-time membership um, to class packages. So and I'll, I'll get a little bit more into de detail on what that entails. But um, as far as someone who's new, we have new client specials who that are pretty hard to turn down. We make it really easy for you to spend a very little amount of money to get in the door. 
And then our hope is that once we have you in the door, you're so in love with our classes and our vibe and energy <laughs> of the studio that they want to come back. Um, and most of them do, <laughs> to be totally honest with you, which is a positive thing. But um, so a couple intro offers, like I said, that um, make it really easy to just spend a little bit of money, enough that you're committed to, to making it useful, um, but not like a free trial. We stay away from free trials. Um, people sign up for free trials and then, then they just don't use them um, or they just come for one class and they don't come back. So you got to have something that's going to get them to come in the door a couple of times. So worth a little bit of something. Um, and then, you know, we have, like I said, the kind of funnel from there. So like we'll have a, we have a seven days for $7 intro offer for new clients. So again, it's like a dollar a day. If you come one time, you're making, you're getting your money's worth out of it. But most people want to take advantage of the full week and, and we have all the different formats to try out. Um, so they'll come a couple of times throughout the week. And then there's a couple other offers they can do from there. We have an $89 unlimited month option, which again, gets them to just continue coming for a month. By the end of the month, our hope is that we've converted them into wanting to join a full-time membership, um, or buying a class pack and then just becoming a more frequent fit ritualer. Cool. Cool. So these things that you're talking about, these, they're kind of lower barrier offers, um, you know, bringing someone in for $7 for seven days or having that discounted month versus just giving somebody something for free definitely comes, comes with a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of people who have tried all, all different things and you're right. People who don't pay anything for something are not going to pay attention to it as much. They're not going to value it. So I definitely think that, that that is on the right track. And it sounds like from what you said, once you get people coming, your conversion into long-term membership has been pretty solid from that. Yes, exactly. Definitely. And I think like having that low barrier of entry, if you will, certainly helps. But like Steph was saying, it's getting a, a tiny bit of, you know, not necessarily commitment, but feeling like, okay, you know, I paid for seven days or I paid, you know, three classes for $30 or one month for 89 we do. And all of these are more than just that one and done experience because we want you to get FaceTime in the studio and experience a few of our different formats as opposed to making a decision based off one class. You know, yes, certainly we want your first experience to be all that and more and we do all that we can to ensure that, but we feel that it's in everyone's benefit for you to really get a feel of what you'll experience here as a, as a full-time member or part-time member, just more than that one class. And okay, now I'm going to leave and make my decision based on just that. Yeah. Experience, experience is a huge selling point, right? Once someone comes in, you can either help them realize that they made a good decision or it can go the other way, right? Sounds like in most cases, it doesn't go the other way for you, but how do you manage your experience? Are you growing? Because you have a, a decent sized staff. Is it all former members? Is it, is it all people who, uh, or I guess former, former only members that turn to clients? Hopefully they're still members. Um, is it homegrown talent? Is it people that have bought in, drank the Kool-Aid, love what you have? <laughs> or are you bringing in people from the outside too to, to run the classes and keep that experience the way that you want it to be? So we actually, because we opened our first location in Beverly, um, we had no so we initially clients to hire. Ooh. You're good. Sorry, I think I, I think I was talking over you, Kaylee, or was that no, I it's okay. myself? Did it skip? I don't good. know. Anywho, <laughs> so um, 
I'm actually from the Beverly area um, growing up and um, we basically just tapped into networks to recruit instructors um, to get a foundational team to open up the studio with. We trained them prior to opening the studio and like we have a very in-depth training program that we've designed ourselves um, that basically gives our instructors all the tools that they need to teach a class that's consistent because um, that was something that was important to us like based on some of the feedback that we had known from the area of other small gyms um, that kind of it's like a you know a shot in the dark of what you're getting for your class like there's no like structure and like branding across like like what you see in more of like the city studios um, or like more corporately owned studios and that's kind of where we come from so that was something that we brought into our studio as far as our training guidelines. Um, and we put them through a very, like I said, in-depth solid training that had prepared them to deliver a class that was um, equivalent across the board. Like we wanted all of our, we didn't want it to be like, ooh, like we only take the owner's classes. You know, we wanted everyone to view our instructors as equal playing field. Um, and that all the, you're gonna get a great class no matter whose class you take. Um, and then once we grew more and more roots in the, in the area um, and needed to expand our team, um, we have taken clients who have become all-star clients and trained them as well. Um, but they've also expressed interest in wanting to teach fitness. So um, it kind of has a little bit of both uh, to get them there. Um, and it's been successful so far. And everyone um, does teach a pretty solid class. We are very on top <laughs> of our instructor development uh, um, as well. We don't just kind of like train them and, and um, you know, let them run wild. The um, we're we're, we're in there making sure that their classes are fit ritual branded classes and up to the standard um, at all times. And what's nice too is that we really encourage them to bring their own personality. So they get this balance of teaching a very solid, strong, consistent fit ritual style class, delivering it the way we would like to have it delivered, but really putting their spin on it in terms of music selection, personality, you know, what they bring to the table. We call them third layer cues in our uh, uh, training. So it's nice because it, it doesn't feel cookie cutter per se, but that consistency of guaranteeing you a solid workout every single time you hit the studio is still there. Awesome. So one of the things that you said, Stephanie, was, um, and I'm going to have you both kind of expand on it a little bit because it's, it's kind of the natural evolution you said, I don't want people to just want to take the owner's classes. And, and that can be a hindrance in a lot of ways. And one of the biggest ones is you have this icon problem where if, if you are the whole brand, if you need to move out of any sort of coaching, any sort of training and into management, into overseeing, into trying to expand to other locations, all of a sudden, if you're not there, things, things tail off the whole thing can kind of crumble, right? You go from having a, a, a personality to a brand uh, is a really big decision that you have to make early on or you can get stuck. Is that something that you had in mind when you realized you wanted this consistency across the board? 1000%. Um, <laughs> I think as, as business owners um, and you know anyone who's interested in going into own a business, the key behind owning a business is to take yourself behind the scenes, right? I mean, it's, it's tempting because it's a really hard thing to balance because obviously like 
you are the brains behind the operation, you're the creativity, you're, you know, the passion, and you want to be able to have that exist with you, but also without you. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's being able to manage your business and have it run without you being there 24 seven. Um, and that's the struggle that I think a lot of business owners face is like, how much do we do ourselves? And how much do we actually outsource and like let people run with it do we and you have to hire people that you trust uh, that are going to represent the brand in the way that you want to represent it yourself um it's a really hard thing to to do for sure but yeah that was yeah. one of our main priorities going right right from the get-go and like you said it kind of has to happen early on otherwise people do get so hooked on the, in, the instructor of their that they originally came to you know even new instructors will face it um, anytime they're joining a new schedule, a new gym, um, they're the new person and no one knows their class. It takes a time. It takes a long time for people to come around to, you know, taking their, going out of their way to take their class. Cause they're so caught in their ways as far as like, Oh, I only take Kaylee's class. I only take Stephanie's class. And like, who's this person? And that could be a waste of my time. Right. And they have to be able to be willing to walk in the door and try it. Um, but so from the start, anyways, as, as I was saying, we wanted to make sure that we had consistency across the board and that all of our instructors were looked at equally. And we kind of like, we didn't even want to call ourselves the owners <laughs> because of that exact reason. Like we wanted it just to be like, okay, Stephanie and Kaylee are also instructors, but like we're coming to fit ritual. We're not coming to Stephanie and Kaylee's studio. Right. <laughs> and I think, um, a big part of that is having earn the trust of our community so right in the sense of having this group that trusts us and puts you know their trust in us they know we're not going to just put anyone in there to teach them for you know another class outside of the two of us so it's like knowing that okay Kaylee and Stephanie hired this person and they trained them and we know what what their training you know kind of translates to as they see it in the studio so i think just having that one element alone has helped in kind of breaking down any barrier of hesitation with taking new instructors that are not the two of us and also covid was a whole separate wrench thrown in there that really forced us to kind of step back and say okay we can't do all of this and we shouldn't do all of this and it's at the start of any business, you're going to be doing it all because that's just kind of how it goes. But COVID really forced us to like, like reevaluate all of that. And it really forced us to take some steps back and say, okay, like who can, who can come in and, and help out with X, Y, and Z, because it cannot be just the two of us all day, every day. We plan to grow this business. Yeah. And, and that seems to be the overarching theme that keeps coming back is you ladies have you have a foundation laid, you know where you where you are with the business, you know who you want to be, but also it sounds like you have a really good idea of where you want to go with it. So a two-part question really, where do you see this? What if this is the sky the limit? Are you gonna grow this thing to two locations, to five locations? So where do you ultimately see it going? And then what do you think the biggest challenges are? in getting to where you ultimately want to be? So we know that Next on the Horizon is opening a second studio. Um, mm. Granted, we never saw, you know, year one and year two looking the way they did with what we've all had to experience <laughs> with COVID. Um, but certainly on our radar has been opening that second location. And kind of from there, 
continuing to build. Um, we certainly don't want to just be like a one-stop shop just in Beverly. Um, but I will say that having the virtual platform has kind of bought us some time in that and stuff you would probably agree because it's expanded our reach in a way that doesn't require us to have that brick and mortar location. So we've been able to access, you know, clients all over the country and even just in our location more outside of the specific Beverly area, but still near us close enough that they could come eventually. Um, it certainly helped break down, you know, those demographic walls um geographic walls i should say and oh. i think it's almost it's almost kind of helped us be like okay you know we do need a second studio but right now it's like we have one that's virtual and eventually we'll add in that that brick and mortar one down the road stephanie anything to add there or did she did she hit all the topics no, I totally agree. Um, I think that we've also been told um, that, I mean, not to chew around horns or anything, but our branding is um, very professional corporate looking. Um, and people <laughs> ask us if we're a franchise all the, all time. the time. So I think like, if we're talking sky's the limit, like obviously I think on demand has a huge potential um, that we have yet to hit, um, like Kaylee said, and like that eliminates any sort of like physical um, barriers that require geographic location. Um, but I think, uh, you know, like I said, if sky's the limit, like down the road, I would love to have fit rituals, you know, anywhere and everywhere. And um, franchises is, is a tough avenue to go when like you try to tough, to try to trust with your business, trust people to run your business the way you want it to run. Um, so like back to our original point, you know? Um, so if we were to able to get to that point, I would be <laughs> ecstatic. Um, but you know, who knows where the future can take us. But I think that our, the brand that we've built does have, strong enough legs that it could go in that direction eventually. It will take a while, but um, definitely a possibility. <laughs> you can certainly count me in the group of people who think that from what you project on the outside, what I've seen, your website, your social media, it certainly does look like everything is, is very on brand, on point. It looks, and I don't mean this slight, very corporate, like they're you know, people with, you know, what's the marketing team who put this thing together, all that stuff. So it definitely is interesting to see how homegrown it is and how polished it is already. So that's awesome. And I, I think that the sky is probably the limit um, because it sounds like you have a lot of your ducks in a row, you know who you are, you know who you want to be. And, and that's fantastic. So we are running low on time before I let you go. Um, one, Probably the biggest question I always like to ask, especially people who are new-ish on the, the fitness business owner scene, right? It's been a couple of years for you. You've been through some stuff. If you could both go back and give yourself just one piece of advice when you started, you know, whether it was do it sooner, work harder, drink more coffee, what would it be? <laughs> That's a, like That's a, a good loaded question. question. <laughs> Oh, I got to think about I that one for a second. I would say, I have probably two parts. My first part would be, it is not open heart surgery. Like nobody's dying on your watch. A solution thing and as scary and daunting as starting a business can be, what we're doing is not life or death. And there's nothing that requires a full-blown panic attack. Like there is a solution for everything. Yes, it's on you to come up with that, but I feel like having that, the 
power and the ability to do so can be overwhelming, but it also can be really empowering to know that you are in control of this and take the time you need, take a few deep breaths, pivot as needed, but know that it is not open heart surgery and no one's dying on your watch. And it's not, it, you know, you got this. I think um, on my end, something that we've talked about a couple times too is um, we put a lot of capital into building our first location um, because we wanted to have that, like like we said, corporate vibe. And we definitely accomplished that. And our studio is absolutely beautiful. Um, we, we love everything we've done with it. Um, and in hindsight, we could have been a little bit less diva-ish in our build out <laughs> and, and save some money. Um, but on, you know, like we said, it's like you got to go big or go home at the same time. So like that was kind of our attitude going in is, and we, we went big and, um, and it shows. And I think that that's also been a, a big um, part of, of our success. So um, in hindsight, you could really look at it either, either way, but I think that we could have, um, you know, there are definitely ways to approach a business in a smaller way and still be able to have a product just as good and then build your way up to where we're at. <laughs> so that would be, yeah. you know, if, if I were to pick anything, that's like the one thing that we could have um, done a little bit more smarter. I would say that to add on that, it's the bones that matter, right? Like your product at the end of the day is what people are going to remember. Yes, they may be drawn to the neon lights and your shiny graphics and your strong social media presence um, and your smiling face. But at the end of the day, it's the product. It's how you make them feel. And it's what they, that's what they walk away with. So I think not to, you know, kind of harp on, on COVID, granted it's like everywhere and everything right now, but we were teaching these classes in a rundown parking lot with a small JBL speaker and no microphone for months when we had to have our doors closed. And it still, at the end of the day, felt like an awesome fit ritual class. And we heard that time and time again. And to us, it was like, you know what? It, take away the mirrors, take away the sound system, take away everything that we have put all this money into that is important. And still at the end of the day, you know, you have your product and that is what's going to carry you through. And that is what's going to help you continue, you know, to grow because your bones are strong, right? Yeah. And you took the words out of my mouth after Stephanie said that I'm thinking like, maybe you could have been a little more conservative, but on the other side, if you have the product to back it up right. and you want to go all glitz and glamour and you can, then you're probably going to be okay. If you spend all the money on the glitz and the glamour and, you know, when, when class starts, you know, it falls flat and nobody's having a good time and the workouts aren't good, then, then you messed up. So yep. with that, unfortunately, our, our time is done here, ladies. Before we let you go, um, tell us where people can find Fit Ritual. What are your social media handles? What are the websites? Give us that before we have to cut and run. You can go to www.fitritualstudio.com to find us online. And then on social, Instagram and Facebook, our handle is just at Fit Ritual Studio. Perfect. Appreciate that. So find them, Fit Ritual Studio. They have online. You don't have to be in Massachusetts. If you are, go see them in person. Whatever flavor that you want, if you're looking for strength training, more uh, hit style, lower weights, whatever. They've got classes, they've got stuff to 
suit whatever needs that you have. So check out Fit Ritual Studio. Thank you ladies for being here today. And to everybody in our audience, thank you for spending your time with us. We appreciate it. Little slice of your day. Hopefully you found some useful information. If you wanna hear more episodes, hit the subscribe button, throw us a like, leave a comment, leave a review. We love the feedback. If you wanna be on the show, there's a link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer, and welcome back to Gym Lords Podcast, where we interview real gym owners who are, maybe they're in the trenches, Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, we have David and Scott from San Francisco, California. They are the owners of Cal Strength. David, Scott, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and give us that 30-second elevator pitch about Cal Strength and where your business is today. Sure. Um, thanks for having us on the show. Uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about uh, the operation here. Uh, so we are a sports performance gym. We are sport agnostic. So we cater to a variety of athletes and it's our core belief that um, a better athlete can become a better participant in his or her sport. And so what we do is try to unlock that athleticism through uh, just core tenets of strength, power, speed, flexibility, mobility, and structural balance. Um, and so we have our in-gym offering, and then uh, we have been able to export what we offer in-gym out to the internet uh, via Train Heroic, uh, the subscription-based app. Um, so we have a large uh, online community that that follows us and so to support that we run uh, a variety of social media accounts and um, we are we are definitely a dual platform threat so online in gym hell yeah so regarding the service that this intellectual property and programming is delivered is that in personal training form can you do it in group training form how does that work yeah, so typically what we like to do is uh, run teams that are following the same program. And so uh, there's an opportunity to be coached uh, in the context of that team, but it's basically what we call one-to-many coaching. So it, one team could be you know as many as 500 people. So if it's the Barbell Wad, for example, where we're we're utilizing uh, programming to help uh, fitness athletes achieve their goals. Um, it's a handful of coaches here that are live on the feed. It's me writing the program 
and then you know the athletes are are all participating and and they get video demonstrations of the exercises opportunities to track reps and sets uh be ranked on a leaderboard and so you know it gets very social but uh it is one to many in terms of our coaching strategy got it okay so that's being done on the online platform of things what about in-house so is it in the same idea yeah we also offer personal training um gotcha but uh for the most part what we have is a suite of customized programming options where you know we have these teams but we can also make subtle tweaks to the program uh but the program itself is is done under the uh guidance of a strength coach so we'll have two or three strength coaches on the gym floor basically just monitoring, answering questions, you know, correcting technique uh, while the athletes go through their individual programs. So it works similar to like a college strength and conditioning environment where people are, are taking advantage of a big group culture um, and still getting some, some instruction from our strength coaches. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. And it sounds like you guys are doing this on a very big scale. I mean, mentioning 500 people, part of a team online, that sounds like it's a pretty big deal. And then you have a few coaches that are servicing that. And I'm assuming that you're taking individuals who have relatively the same goals in mind or the same solutions that they need. So then we bucket them into this group that can reach 500 people and then that's where your product or service is coming into play for them to where they're opting into this group coaching now. That's correct. So whether it's sports performance or whether it's, uh, you know, more gen pop fitness or whether it's uh, Olympic weightlifting. So we have a, we started uh, with the niche uh, kind of cornering that Olympic weightlifting market. Uh, we believe that the Olympic variations are, are a good way to enhance athleticism and to train athleticism. Um, and so uh, we kind of became subject matter experts in that particular discipline. In fact, I just got back from coaching at the uh, Tokyo Olympics. Um, and so harnessing that expertise and then transmuting a lot of the technology that we build from a programming standpoint to populate our other programs has been, has been successful for us. So I think we have a total of about 5,000 people online training with us across the, the variety, the, the different programs. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun endeavor. Yeah. It sounds like number one, you have a lot of expertise in the field regarding programming. And so it sounds like you've, you've mentioned success being how it has impacted your business, but can you elaborate on that success? Like I'm, what I'm really curious to learn is like, how has the programming and these systems that you've implemented impacted your business? Like, what does that look like? Well, uh, I would say that couple couple key areas where it impacts the business. Number one, your bottom line, right? So it's, it's, it's much less expensive to administer a one-to-many uh, coaching solution online than it is to have anybody in the gym. So being able to expand outside the four walls of the gym is, is really important. And it also impacts quality of life. So the amount of time that it takes to write, you know, uh, an annual plan that has these, you know, training blocks and mesocycles, you know, it's very front-loaded work. 
but then, you know, once, once that plan is set, uh, you know, it's just up to us to upload these new mesocycles every four weeks and then to administer uh, the feeds with uh, our, our coaches. So we staff, staff the feed with our in-house coaches. And, and so it just basically unlocks a lot of our human capital. Gotcha. Okay. And so what is the immediate focus right now for the business for you and Scott? What are you guys working on developing or where do you really want to take this business in the immediate future? I think it's just a, a question of scalability. So finding where the opportunities are and, uh, and betting into the things that we see as, as, as winners. Um, so, uh, you know, we have a lot of ideas here. We're, we try to be very uh, free flowing in terms of, of our creativity and if somebody has an idea, you know, we, we definitely put our toe in the water. We'll spend a little bit of marketing dollars to see if that, that idea has legs. And then if it does, you know, we, we do a good job of betting into it. So um, uncovering new opportunities and betting into our existing infrastructure, uh, I think, is the, is the immediate focus. And Scott can speak to the marketing approach um, because, you know, the analytic-based marketing approach, the mix that we use... The, the programmatic strategy that we use to acquire uh, new customers is really the most important part of running the online business. Right. Yeah. And we can kind of get into the question with Scott then regarding some of the ways that you described where you want to take the business, which is, well, at this point, it's just about scalability because the infrastructures that you guys have developed and created for the business are sound currently. It's just about now, how can we tap into the different opportunities that present themselves on a daily or weekly or monthly business and how that scalability looks like? I mean, you said it like it's marketing and acquiring more people, right? So if it's just about acquiring more people to either scale online or also scale in-house, generate more programming, Scott, can you just tell us like how the company is currently going about dipping their toe in the water and some of the things that you guys are utilizing or participating in trying to test for the business. Yeah, so it's kind of a two-pronged approach. We have our organic uh, following, obviously, so on social media um, and using that kind of as a backbone. And then we also have a paid media strategy. So we basically use organic to test uh, content and messaging and find out what resonates. And then we go to the paid side and amplify that. Um, and then obviously we're running on a, uh, recurring revenue model with mm -hmm. these online program subscriptions. So really just trying to dial in what our, what our lifetime value is and be willing to be willing to go spend to acquire new, new customers, um, on the online side. So. Got it. Okay. So you're utilizing the reoccurring revenue for the business to really understand what your budgets will be for the marketing side that you are beta testing beforehand organically. Right. Yep. And then whatever sticks, whatever works, you guys want to utilize in the paid ad stuff and really scale in that sense, right? Via targeting people. So how is that currently producing the scalability for your business right now? Are you guys satisfied with, with what's happening and the responses that you're getting from this beta testing or where are you guys at on that? Yeah. I mean, I think with the like Dave alluded to earlier, you've got our niche of Olympic weightlifting, which we're finding out there's a finite number of Olympic weightlifters in the world. 
and then we branched out into more gen pop like programs so we developed ripped and ready which basically takes all of our olympic weightlifting principles applies it with some functional bodybuilding so um it's about kind of reaching a good acquisition target in our weightlifting programs but we kind of understand there's a finite number of people there um and so we are kind of looking to go a little bit more broad uh, in our targeting now that's kind of our goal now these days gotcha okay because you found that the niche markets they were just so easily you know overly um once you tapped into those markets there wasn't a lot of high volume to attract those people so in this sense now regarding the marketing you're really just trying to be more attractive to a wider range of the marketplace and really just focus in on that. And that's from Jen in your eyes, that's going to be general population. So what kind of athletes then does that take you into and, and will the programming be a good fit for the general population that you guys offer? So what we find is that it's always easiest to market uh, solving a problem for somebody. So we try to, we try to identify problems and then build programs to solve those problems and then market market our solutions. So for example, like Scott alluded to, Ripped and Ready is uh, is one of our, our, our offerings right now. That is a program designed for uh, guys and girls who maybe were athletes, um, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're looking to train like athletes, but it's very scalable. So from like the 20-year-old college student all the way up to like the 70-year-old, you know, who wants to reclaim his or her fitness. Um, it's just an opportunity to kind of uh, to train like an athlete in a scalable solution that, that makes sense for people. And so uh, giving them the, the license to, to go ahead and sprint and to, to lift weights uh, and to to, to work on their mobility and reclaim kind of all of that good function that maybe they've lost. Um, so for me, I lost something like 40 pounds over the last uh, couple of years, just, you know, building a business, raising a family, all that good stuff. And so sharing my story on how I was able to reclaim my fitness through this, this vehicle is, is, has been uh, something that's resonated. So again, solving problems uh, and then marketing the solutions. So you're, first of all, congratulations on the effectiveness that you experienced. And you're, you're saying that your story is something that you will utilize in a form of advertisement to get the message to people that, hey, look, like this is the kind of programming that shows results and right. you have yourself have experienced the results that you're providing. And so people will relate to that and they will reach out to you and connect with you in your business to try and find that solution for themselves. And then even so, you create a personal program for them specifically to then, um, you know, work with. Right, so we always believe that the, the core of our business is authenticity. So, you know, the, the, the more authentic the message, the more it resonates. And so, you know, me coaching weightlifting at the Olympics and watching, you know, somebody clean and jerk 500 pounds is very cool for a lot of people, but it's not really relatable and it doesn't really solve their goals. So when I say, hey, this is something that I have expertise in, I can coach this athlete, but also guess what? I got fat and out of shape and I had to create a program for myself 
to rectify that situation. And so, um, you know, just starting with this, these authentic principles and then solving real problems is, is really the way to connect with the audience in our experience. Right. And so is there, is there anyone that you believe you don't have the solution for, or you don't have the program that you can build for? Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that we can learn just about, just about any, uh, any aspect of Fizz or Kines, you know, we, we're good at finding the solution. Um, we have DPTs on staff. We have, you know, a, a host of, of certified strength and conditioning specialists, you know, people with master's degrees. So we can always solve or, or figure out the solution to a problem. It's really identifying what the problem is first. Um, and then, you know, I'm not going to hold myself up as, as an expert in any specific domain. Uh, for example, like I, I'm not, I'm not going to go and teach somebody how to be a better crew athlete. I don't know anything about rowing. I don't know anything about the, the metabolic demands of crew. What I can do is say, Hey, I can make you a more balanced, more powerful, stronger, more durable athlete. And then hopefully you can take those principles to your sport and, and, and have success by practicing, uh, the sport specific demands. Um, and so, uh, holding us in that light, you know, we're, we're, we have a broader domain, um, for which to attack each one of these sports and each one of these problem sets. Gotcha. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have almost reverse engineered this because typically, uh, a gym or a facility of some kind will specialize in a specific thing. And then their, their messaging is targeted for the specific people that are looking for that, where it sounds like for you guys, it's more so like, Hey, let's go market to a general wide range of the marketplace and then get them to contact us. And then through discovery of what their problem is or what their pain is currently, what they're trying to solve, we then produce the formula or the, the problem solving formula for them with the type of programming that we know we can write. So yeah. you kind of just start from scratch after you meet them. Yeah. So we, I mean, we always try to operate from first principles. So figuring out like what the opportunities are, you know, and then figuring out how to attack solving those problems and then marketing the solutions to those problems. Right. So it's really up to us to kind of listen and be observant and kind of like be creative as to, Oh, you know what? This is a problem. This is a problem. And then, you know, once we, once we're able to create a solution for the problem, then we, we tell people, Hey, this is what your problem is, you know, or have you experienced this problem? This is, this is relatable to you. Here's our solution. Yeah. So, so I'm curious about, let's talk about the quantified data of let's say the marketing that you're doing from a new client acquisition process, right? So what are the results of new members that you guys are signing up for your facility, either in-house or online, let's say on a month-to-month -month basis? Okay. Well, you want to take talk about online first? Yeah. So, so looking at customer acquisition costs, looking at different, the different, like Scott initially alluded to, we have our organic approach mm -hmm. and we have our paid approach. But the bottom line is we're trying to get everybody into our funnel system where we have top of funnel uh, and then we have, you know, what we, what we, what we call our drip system where mm -hmm. 
ultimately our goal is to capture an email and to put you in that drip system. And then we're, 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 we have a strategy for what type of content we're going to serve to you and when, and then when we're going to ask for a purchase. Got it. Speak to that. Yeah. So, I mean, we do have some direct, direct response marketing. You know, we always try to have a three to one basically spend to uh, revenue ratio there. But then there is a lot more of a longer play email campaign as well. So, you know, you get a fair amount of people who will jump in and, and they'll take the bite on the, uh, on the first try. But then we do play the long game. And like Dave said, really leverage email uh, campaigns to get them. You know, it may take a couple months online, depending on uh, they need to do their research or if they're already on an existing program and are looking to then move to a new program. Um, but once we have your email, that's the cheapest way for us to market to you. You know, so, sure. so figuring out, um, again, like not just problems to solve that are going to yield a sale, but also problems to solve people for people in the short term that can capture an email. So whether it's a, whether it's a, uh, a weight class quiz that you could take, Hey, wait, what, what weight class should I be in? You know, Oh, just answer these couple questions. Our, our, our programmatic system will spit out an email response to you with some qualitative data points on, on why we're recommending this category for you. And, uh, and so all you have to submit is your email address for that. And I think that something like that is captured, what, 25,000 yeah, plus the- email addresses. And then once we have that, then it's very, we, we, we get some, we get some customer data points along this, this quiz, and then we, we can kind of put you in a bucket or what we want to talk to you specifically about. So how long have you guys been implementing this, this specific strategy and process? Probably two years. Two, two years, years now. Really refi- like refine the, uh, the online marketing. And so we're using a similar methodology for attracting in-gym clients as well. But. Got it. Okay. And so if you guys have been utilizing this for two years now, kind of pivoting uh, on it or getting out some bugs throughout the process, I would think, um, what are the results that are showing for you guys now? Cause I would assume that the results would be pretty consistent now, two years later. We target, uh, we're, well, I give, I give Scott lofty goals, but we target 40%, uh, uh, month, month over or year over year growth in the same month. Gotcha. So okay. From January of 2020 to January of 2021, I want to see 40%, uh, tacked onto that number. And how does growth look to you? Is it usually in how many members you're you're growing at, or is it the revenue? Yeah, dollar, yeah, top line revenue. Gotcha. Okay, top revenue. So, have you guys implemented any new processes regarding services that you provide? So, maybe revenue looks like you're just creating a more high valued client. Yeah. So what we what we've tried to do is um, make sure that we maximize the value of each and every person that we interact with. So like if we can take that average order value per customer from $29 to $129, that's really kind of where we've been focusing in the last six to nine months. Yeah, Got it. Okay. But um, yeah, so, so we're still, we're still kind of massaging through it and figuring it out, but um you know, the, the total volume of customers is one metric. And then the, 
you know, the, the, the lifetime value of each customer is another important metric that we're, we're really leaning hard into right now. Cause right. a lot of online members, they'll fluctuate and they'll go, you know, they'll buy several products over the course of their right. lifetime. Absolutely. And you guys have tracking, tracking and measuring systems to see where they are buying, right? So you guys know what to give them more of or what to stop doing because no one's opting into those things, I'm sure. What's more important to me to learn more about is because obviously the volume of clients, while also creating a more high value client, you want those to scale simultaneously. What I heard from you was from uh, the last six to nine months, you guys have really focused on creating a more high value client going from that $29 a month client to $129 a month client. Those aren't specific numbers. I'm assuming it's more so just an example. So what are you guys doing then to scale on that side of things regarding creating a more high valued client? Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, if we're looking from a purely online standpoint, you know, the easiest way is that, you know, we did increase our, our prices across our programs. Uh, gotcha. Probably three times over the last three years. Nice. Uh, and we're still pretty far under probably what our, most of our competition offer at. So we've always tried to over, you know, under promise and over deliver sure. um, from that standpoint. But the big ticket thing for us, I think we're looking in 2021 is to offer a higher ticket type offering to a small percentage of these existing online members. Um, so that's something that we're really interested in tackling, whether it's through kind of coaching, either some type of coaching, educational cert certification or mentorship so that we can, uh, I think that's a really untapped part of our business model that we just haven't even, haven't been able to tackle yet, but we're gotcha. looking at, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Almost like a mastermind type program, like a specialty group, right? That people, they want more, they want to be involved more. They want that special service. And so you create this high ticket bundling service to where they get everything. They get that personal, you know, they get Dave coming to the call. They get you coming to the call. And um, okay, so so I like that a lot, right? So what are you guys doing? What strategize, What strategies are you utilizing to implement that type of service? Yeah, so we it's an idea. It hasn't been executed on. Yep. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're open to suggestions. <laughs> well, I mean, like like I said, I mean, we we try to be observant. And we're trying to like, we're trying to see and so in some cases crowdsource what people really want. Um, sure. So, like I said, in operating from first principles, we'll spend a ton of time thinking about the problem first and and identifying what that problem is, and then figure out how to solve it. So, um, you know, when we when we think from a, from a you know a ten thousand foot view, like mm -hmm. that's that's an opportunity that we see. Um, we just haven't decided how to capitalize on it just yet. Right. Have you guys done uh, mentoring before? Have you guys learned from other, you know, top either marketers or coaches in this specific space? Because um, it really sounds like you guys are utilizing some specific online strategies that are of higher level. Yeah, no, we've been doing the mentoring and coaching for, uh, for a long time. So uh, I think that you know, for, for, for a long time, gym owners and, and coaches in particular, you know, they were kind of like 
pigeonholed into this into this bucket and and a lot of a lot of gym owners and coaches they feel like they almost have to like carve out this really rugged tough existence and not not really make money it's like a like almost a rite of passage it's a it, and we we tried to flip that model on its head early on and say no 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 we're going to not only are we going to make money but we're going to also give money back to our athletes and so from a weightlifting standpoint, early on, our mantra was, we're not going to make money off weightlifters. We're going to make money off weightlifting. So all of the, all of the, the, the things that weightlifting can unlock, that's really what we're going to capitalize on. And then we're going to give back money or, or sponsor athletes on the weightlifting standpoint to, 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 to become aspirational individuals. Um, so... I think we we definitely we definitely have uh, have been pioneers in that way, um, so we need to figure out how to how to find coaches ourselves at some point. Gotcha. And the coaching that you guys are interested in learning from will produce what for you? This are you talking about like this this new mastermind idea or thought to just create a more high quality? high ticket type of service to the current clientele that you have? Is that what you're referring to? Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. And so, I mean, what are you guys doing currently to go about finding that in the, in the current space that you're in? Do you have ideas of names who you can tap into or reach out to or? Yeah. I mean, a guy who, again, I've been following him from afar, but uh, like Daru strong, he's a MMA fighter guy but I've just talked to their marketing guy and I know they have a really successful mentorship. And then our friends too at Power Athlete HQ, they've done a great job of certifying coaches through their program. Mm -hmm. So whether it's the athlete side or the coaching side, we're, we're really, you know, it's almost like two different sides there, but. We also have friends uh, in the prehab guys yeah. uh, in uh, Kelly Starrett and uh, the Ready State is a, is, is, is a good, a good buddy of ours. Um, so just being able to, to, I guess, cultivate some of these relationships at, sure. at a, at a higher level and really kind of lean into, to, you know, everybody's so busy. It's really difficult to kind of pin down times to strategize and to think about this stuff. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to have to do a better job of, yeah, we had to make it through the, uh, the pandemic, Olympics and first. The, yeah, pandemic <laughs> then Olympics. Yeah. Absolutely. Like our friend has a lot of uh, a lot of potential energy stored up, and now it's time to release some of that kinetic energy. So, you know how we do that is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. So you should definitely follow up with us in about a year. Yeah. See, see, Give us six to twelve months. Yeah. <laughs> Why so long? <laughs> uh, probably human capital <laughs> above all else. Yeah, but. and I don't like to lose money. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's what I respect and appreciate, appreciate what you do is, you know, a lot of gyms, I feel like they are under the mindset of like, hey, I'm not really in this for the money. I didn't get in it for the money to make my business this, this cash cow, you know, I just want to really impact people's lives. And I almost want to like, butt them in the head and say, how do you think that you impact more people's lives? You make money for the business so you can build your business. <laughs> but you gotta re you gotta reinvest the business and develop it in order to impact people's lives 
how are you going to be able to make an impact if you're not around anymore next year? That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, and there's lots of landmines. Like it's just, uh, you know, we've been, we've been at this since 2008. And so, you know, we've, yeah. we've, we've had to pivot several times um, and just try to create, you know, create an industry that really didn't exist. You know, nobody built a, a weightlifting gym in 2008 that was, that was successful. And somehow we were able to transmute what we were doing in the gym onto YouTube and then onto Instagram and then ultimately into the online programming space. And so we've just kind of continued to, to try to identify these different opportunities for growth and take advantage. Right. Absolutely. And at this point, you guys, it sounds like you're almost at this level, like this tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five level to where you're knocking on the door of like tier 10 but really how you guys see opening that door is really just um, utilizing those business relationships of top people in the business that might have these successful mentorship programs that you can learn from and implement into your current structure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the important things for me is to, as we scale is to maintain, like I said, that, that authenticity. So, you know, I, I never want to, quote unquote, sell out, you know, we still have, you know, from, from, from our, our small little gyms, we produced, you know, multiple uh, pro bowlers and Super Bowl champions and Olympians and those things yeah. matter to me still. So I don't want yeah. to dilute our, our offerings to the point where, you know, it's just about making money because ultimately that'll backfire. So right. making sure that we still have this 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 bedrock of of authentic athlete development um, or these authentic experiences to be able to 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 help people relate to our brand that's 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 the most important part of the whole equation to me. Right, because that's always been the case, and so just as long as you remain true to your roots and yep. you're always referring back to those as yep. you continue to scale. Right. That's what's critical because if it yeah, breaks interest, it doesn't matter how much money we make. Right. I'll just, I'll, I'll lose interest if I don't feel like we're actually contributing, uh, in, in other, you know, intangible ways. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't mean for the money-making thing to be any more than a tool. Right. It's just another tool at the end of the day for the business to continue doing what you initially set out for. Right. Yep. Hell yeah. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Scott, David, thank you so much for joining me today on Gym Lord's podcast. I know that I speak for Gym Lord Nation when I say uh, we appreciate your time. Where can our listeners find you online? Uh, CaliforniaStrength.com and then at Cal underscore strength on Instagram, California Strength on YouTube. Just type it in the Google and you'll find us. Yeah, we make it easy for you to find us. <laughs> California Strength at Cal underscore strength on Instagram. Go check them out, guys. David and Scott, they're doing really, really good things. And again, we appreciate having you guys. Gym Lord Nation, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Gym Lord's Podcast. If you like what David, Scott, and myself had to say, please do not forget to smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Until then, take care, and we will see you next time. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with Kat from Elevate Performance in Costa Mesa, California. Kat, how's it going out there on the West Coast? It's nice and sunny, 80 degrees like we like it today, so no complaints. Perfect. Sounds like the day, the average day that everyone thinks you get all the time in California, they're not wrong most of the time. So let's talk about Elevate Performance. What is it that you do there? How are you changing lives affecting your community? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we started in 2015. Um, Our focus has always been on semi-private personalized training. So taking the one-on-one approach of customization and putting it into a smaller group so it's more affordable for the general population. Um, I know early on a complaint that we heard all the time was, well, I want to do personal training, but it's just too expensive. I can't afford it. Um, So really just going after that niche of, you know, still providing customized workouts, customized nutrition, but in just a small group setting. Um, We do the semi-privates. We have a few one-on-ones and then During COVID, we actually pivoted and we also uh, got an influx of open gym members. So that's really kind of our, where we're at right now. And then we also rent space to independent contractors. All right. So you're almost a one-stop shop in your neighborhood. Definitely. Yeah. So that's one of the things that was extremely important to us is to um, be a one-stop shop. Um, Originally, we thought that was going to include boot camp classes. Uh, COVID kind of took us in a different direction, but we do offer different things. Like we have an infrared sauna, we have a Kangen water machine, uh, we have body sculpting services. So we do offer a lot of different amenities for our clients. Awesome, awesome. So if somebody comes in and they wanna get healthier, they wanna look better, feel better, you're probably gonna have an option that they'll be able to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. We actually uh, do a lot of internal health um, work as well. So we partner with a doctor um, out in Anaheim, California, and we do brain and metabolic assessments. We do hormonal health programs. So there's definitely a lot of different areas that we go into when it comes to health. Um, As most gym owner knows nowadays, a workout is a dime a dozen, right? There's so many different places that anybody can get a workout in. So we try to make sure that we take a um, overall approach to health and wellness and, you know, hit all of the elements. Perfect. Perfect. So you've been in business since 2015. You had a vision. You wanted to go out into the community and do things the way that you thought was going to best service it. Um, What does that journey look like? How do things look now 
in the shape of the business versus what you thought you wanted when you started? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm sure like most uh, other gym owners out there, I just knew I loved helping people. I had a passion for fitness. Uh, my background is actually in real estate. I was in business for 15 years. Um, and I was like, you know, opening this gym sounds great. And so um, you know, I went that direction. I loved what I did, but like I said, I had no true vision. I had never run or operated a gym before. Um, so I actually brought on a business partner who had extensive um, knowledge in gym operations. Um, and it's really been able to kind of solidify both elements of pairing the business element of um, you know, the background, the marketing, client retention, uh, client acquisition with, you know, obviously the uh, operations of, you know, having a smooth operating gym with employees and trainers and all of that element. So our vision has always been, you know, to help as many people as we possibly can in an affordable approach um, to customized training. Um, but that has gone up and down and back and forth and right and left over the past six years. But I really do think that uh, COVID really did solidify kind of who we are and what we're about and really where we're trying to go. Awesome. Awesome. So what did the COVID shutdowns look like for you? How long were you closed? What's your current state of reopening? How has that landscape changed for you? Yeah. So um, I think like most gym owners, we shut down the first time, um, actually willingly, because, you know, we didn't really know what was going on. Uh, we wanted to make sure everybody was, you know, their health and their safety came first. So we shut down for three months. Um, it was extremely stressful. Uh, we, you know, were walking on pins and needles, didn't get much help from our landlord, unfortunately, which was, which was, a very stressful situation. We actually had to hire lawyers um, to figure out that that element of things. But um, we reopened when everyone else reopened um, and did our part to be super diligent about sanitizing. Uh, but as most gym owners also know, we always sanitize, right? That's always been in our nature to make sure that our environments are clean. Um, and so it wasn't really anything out of the norm, just kind of taking it up uh, an extra notch and, and then getting our members involved, making sure they were sanitizing after they touched everything. Um, but we elected not to shut down after that. I mean, it was basically a decision of if we shut down a second time, we shut down completely and we're just not going to be able to reopen. Um, and so we um, are in an industrial space. Our facility is operated by a key fob stem, so you can't get in and out the door. Um, and so we just, we, we kind of called ourselves the speakeasy gym of of the area, which I mean, looking back behind 2020, we can kind of laugh about it almost now, almost, I'd like to say. Um, but it was a very stressful time. Um, you know, word of mouth got out that we were staying open. And, um, you know, we had an influx of new members that have stayed on board with us. And I think the most important thing for us was, you know, we, we would just pray about what direction to take, but we would just get so much feedback that not only was it a place for people to work out, but like the mental sanity and the clarity that people were getting from just having a place to, to work out was just truly why we stayed open. Um, we had, you know, code enforcement come and, and certain things, but we did our best to stay open. And thankfully we were able to stay open the entire time after the first shutdown. Nice, nice. So that's uh, it's an interesting way to get there. 
Um, but some gym owners took it upon themselves that they did think that it was more important to provide what they were to the community. Not only is it important to you know keep being able to pay your rent and put food on the table, but if you're actually there with the mission to help people and serve your community, you get kind of creative when it comes to figuring out ways to do it. And um, I was talking to a gentleman the other day up in Fresno, and he said, you know, we basically went rogue. And that's, yeah, basically. <laughs> we, we went underground and it was hush hush. And, you know, our, our members knew to just, you know, that they were going to take care of each other as a community. And we trusted them and everybody, you know, did their best to, you know, to stay as, as diligent as they could from a health standpoint, but didn't put their mental health to the side to do that. So, yeah, that, that's a story that we're hearing pop up every now and then. And, and thankfully, I don't think too many government agencies are listening to our little podcast. So I think, I think we're Let's all safe. So, <laughs> so what do things look like for you now post-COVID? You've made some adjustments or mostly post-COVID, right? You're at least in the world where you know what things you are going to change. You've made some adjustments. What things do you find are actually working for the better now that you might not have thought beforehand and, and vice versa? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, when we first started, um, our bread and butter was really providing those customized services. Um, and so when we moved into the larger space and we did want to become a one-stop shop, uh, we thought that that it meant we needed to provide high intensity boot camps like a lot of other places do. Um, so we built out a really cool uh, private room. It had, you know, the lights, the treadmills. We we um, trained our coaches and really high intensity boot camp. Um, and it was fun, but it was just never really, you know, our thing, right? It wasn't that one thing that people knew us for. And so it was never really super successful. Um, and so when, you know, COVID hit and we got an influx of open gym members, um, we weren't really set up for open gym memberships. We, we had them, we just didn't really promote them because we utilized our space for independent contractors. Uh, we weren't equipment heavy because we needed more functional space. Um, and so when we got hit with so many um, open gym memberships, we had to pivot. And so we just decided, you know, group fitness isn't really our thing, right? And so we broke down the wall, opened up the space, created more square footage for open gym members, um, got, you know, some new, um, some new pieces of equipment, which trying to get equipment during COVID was another ordeal to have. We still don't even have one of the pieces that we ordered. Um, but yeah, so I think that was probably our biggest pivot. Um, and then just trying to navigate uh, around operations from an open gym perspective, because we aren't staffed like your traditional gym. We don't have a front desk uh, receptionist. Um, I decided early on that I just didn't want to carry that labor cost. So getting super inventive and creative of, you know, how do we service open gym member trials without a front desk receptionist or, you know, getting them their key fobs and we give welcome kits. And so really um, honing in on our systems and our prof uh, processes during COVID, I think was also something um, that really, you know, allowed us to accelerate at the end of the day. Awesome. Awesome. So you've always just kind of had on your, your head on the swivel, just ready to pivot to whatever the market was going to dictate, whatever mother nature is going to dictate, whatever's going on. You didn't fall in love with any particular thing to the point where you were just going to take it, you know, whether it took the business down with it, you aren't going to stay with it. You're going to go with wherever the trends are going. So 
I think that's, that's a great trait as far as a business owner goes. So you're in, for people who don't know, probably the most crowded fitness space on the face of the earth, right? Southern California probably has more gyms than houses, bars, uh, barbershops, restaurants, everything combined. So how do you get people to notice you in a, in a crowded, unique market space? Everybody thinks their market is unique. Southern California is certainly uh, <laughs> is that. So how do you stand out? How do you get people to come and say, you know, I've looked at other things. I want to come to elevate performance. Like what's driving people to your door? Yeah, absolutely. So we are actually located on a street with five other gyms on the same small street. So when you say that, you're not lying. They're all over the place. Um, but I think early on, we really decided, you know, it's good to know what your competition is doing, but I think it's better to know what you're doing, right? And so I think what we really accelerate on is creating a vibe. And so the vibe for us is everybody feels welcome no matter you know if you're a grandma or you know you're a younger teenage athlete or whoever you are across the spectrum we make sure that everybody feels welcome even with our independent contractors everybody feels welcome and so we're a very communicative um, very positive environment um, and you know we pride ourselves on the quality of the service that we're giving you, regardless of who you are. So if you're in an independent contractor's client that's walking through the door, you know all of us, right? If you're a one-on-one -on -one that's under the Elevate name, you know everyone. Even our independent contractors talk to the Elevate clients and vice versa. So I think um, just doing a, a really good job about talking to everybody, getting to know everybody. And then, you know, the word of mouth is really what brings people in. Um, we can advertise, which obviously we do in different markets. Um, Yelp is a really good um, platform for us that we've found. Um, and I think that is because, you know, when someone's thinking about, oh, where can I find a personal trainer or where can I find a gym? The first thing that they're going to look at is convenience of location because they are all over the place, right? And especially with people in Southern California, California, if you're 10 minutes out of my driving location, I'm not coming to see you, right? So whether it be close to your work or, or close to your home, people are always looking A for convenience, and then they're going to look at reviews and word of mouth. What are other people saying about this place? So those are really the elements that, you know, we um, have took a lot of care and effort over the past, you know, couple years of making sure that those things are solid. Um, when we do kind of run into people that, you know, don't fit the vibe or, or you know, they kind of filter themselves out, right? So it, we've been super fortunate to, to have that. And it, we've had, you know, clients honestly stay with us the entire six and a half years that we've been open. So um, yeah, they, they haven't left. So I think that that speaks volumes. Um, but I just, I honestly think that it always just comes down to service. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of answered two questions and one there in, and that you have this self-fulfilling thing where you are, you know, sounds like you're using Yelp or maybe some other paid channels and, and doing your social media and that, but you're, once they come in, you're delivering something that they want to talk to other people about. And the more word of mouth, the more referrals you can generate, you're great, right? The, one of the things that we talk about uh, is whatever you want to call it, golden ratio, you know, Nirvana, uh, the, 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 the mystery or, you know, something that never comes true to some people, um, but everybody wants is if you can get more referrals in word of mouth, then you're losing people. 
then the business kind of builds itself for free. And then if you, if you want to layer it on top of that with paid advertising, you know, it's this promised land that is just, you know, can take you as, as far as you really want to go or whatever the confines of your walls are. So, so that's great. So you said that you kind of, you made the decision early on to not have regular staffed hours, but in your gym, that can be a challenge. What does it look like if I, you know, I hear some things about you, I see you on social media, you know, I go on your website and I say, you know, I, I want to find out about Elevate. Can you walk me through what that process would be as a prospect and how I would get into signed up to one of your programs? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that this was something that was super important to me in figuring out of how do we still provide that service if I'm not standing at the front door when you actually arrive, right? So um, if a lead comes in, regardless of where they come in, uh, myself or one of uh, somebody on the sales team will reach out to them, whether it's a text, a call, um, they can actually schedule themselves for a trial session on our website as well through Calendly. So uh, we put all of our availability on there. They can go on there, which then automatically prompts them to fill out like our liability waivers and put them put them on our calendar. Um, and then whoever they actually schedule themselves with, that coach will reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I'm your coach. I'm so excited. You're going to be, you know, in the session on this day and this time. And they'll, if it's a semi-private schedule, a phone consultation, um, if it's a one-on-one, -on -one, the consultation is done in person. Um, but if it's an open gym member who actually is not really going to be meeting somebody, we have everything basically done digitally. Um, which, I mean, the cool thing nowadays is everybody's used to everything digital, right? So, and, and we explain it to them. We're like, you know, we're not staffed like your traditional gym. We send them a video tour to watch so they know exactly what to expect, where to expect it. Um, I can buzz them through the front door or, or any of my staff can buzz them through the front door. So they just text us and let us know when they're there. Um, and then they go in, we're available during their workouts. If they have any questions like, hey, where's this? So we answer that in real time. Um, and then we sell them virtually as well when they like it. So we actually, honestly, I don't even know some of the gym members that, you know, we have, which I, I wish I did, but you know, um, it's gonna, it's not a thing that we can know everybody, obviously the bigger that we get. Um, but we do want to make sure that regardless if they ever meet somebody or not, that all of our systems and all of our processes are the same. So they get the same type of service, regardless of, you know, if they actually meet someone or not. All right, so you have this structured, choreographed, laid out, kind of start to finish availability that you can do as much as you want, as much as a client wants to do virtually, except for the actual, you know, one-on-one -on -one or small group training, but everything else they can do through some type of electronic communication. You have videos, you're producing things like that. Um, when it comes to the rest of the experience, as far as if they want to go from being an open gym member to a personal training member or from semi-private to personal training, are those happening in person conversations or do you have modules or outreaches that kind of say, you know, hey, Kat, you've been a member for six months. Do you want to take advantage of our personal training? Like, how do you elevate people? from, you know, to borrow a word, how do you elevate them from open gym to semi-private to PT? What does the life cycle look like and, and how hands-on are humans in that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So right now it is all manual. Um, so I actually just hired somebody to help me with the automations process for that, right? So what happens, you know, upselling them up the ladder, how quickly does that, you know, happen? Because obviously if someone just signed up for Open Gym, you don't want to try to hit them too fast, right? So there's a finesse and a, and a timeline of when that can happen, but can we automate that and systemize that even further so that it's not like, okay, this person's been here with us for six months now, like, let's make sure we reach out to them. You know, keeping track of all of those things, um, if it's not systemized can become, you know, extremely complicated. So right now it is manual. Um, we are working on creating a system. So it's, uh, it is automated. Um, most of the time, what that looks like right now is the open gym members know the staff. So they know the coaches, whether it be an independent contractor um, or one of our employees, because they're always on the floor. Um, so just in dialogue, it usually happens like, hey, you want to try a workout or they'll reach out to us. Um, we also have welcome kits that we give every single new sign up that has information um, on all of our services. So it's like a trifold on the benefits of the infrared sauna and how they can book it, um, the Kangen water, the benefits on that. And then if they're open gym, it gives them, you know, how to, to book a free semi-private or one-on-one -on -one session. Um, so we do give them the information, but I'm sure as you know, you know, giving someone information and actually having them do it are two different things, right? Um, so that is something that we are looking to um, create a better system for right now because it is all manual. Yeah. So would you say that in your current setup of the business that with everything looking like it is very well structured and organized and you have a good idea of where you are and, and where you want to be is just getting some more dialed in systems once somebody is a member. Is that the biggest hurdle that you're trying to get over right now? Um, I th that yes, and I think just really looking at all of our systems in a whole. So we actually just brought on two new people. Um, two of my employees are managers, and they're also on the floor. Um, so we're working on um, creating a system actually um, to be able to hire people more efficiently. Because as I'm sure, again, most gym owners know, trying to hire a personal trainer is also a very difficult task. Um, and then, you know, having customized um, elements to your business, but also trying to create a system behind it so that regardless of which coach they work out with, they're still getting, you know, the same type of service or the same quality of service. Um, you know, those are all things that we're really working on right now. Um, I think definitely moving someone up um, our upselling ladder is definitely a big one on that list that we're trying to systemize. Um, but we have been presented with a potential opportunity to acquire another facility in Austin, Texas. Um, so right now, my biggest thing is honestly, if I was going to duplicate our, our systems and our processes, where are the pinholes, right, that we can tighten up? Um, so if I have my team managing another facility that we're not even next to, right? What does that look like? How can we duplicate these systems and processes so I can have one salesperson selling both Costa Mesa and Austin or wherever that, what that might look like. Um, that's really kind of what we're looking at right now. Awesome. Awesome. So that's, uh, that's going to be an exciting thing to have on the horizon. And Austin's a great up and coming city. And even if you were doing up, uh, in-person sales, probably wouldn't have to twist someone's arm to maybe fly back and forth between uh, <laughs> Southern California and Austin a couple of times a month. So that sounds like a, a good problem to have. Is it a similar type of facility, similar setup? 
it is a very well um a wellly designed facility. So it's really aesthetically pleasing. It's really pretty. It wouldn't be very difficult to go in and brand it. Um, but they only have one membership right now. So that's where I think the um, biggest, you know, margin will be for us is going and creating, you know, a chain of, of memberships to where we can upsell. They're, they're doing extremely well with just that one membership, but they don't have an upsell offer or they don't have an offer for somebody that can't afford that, you know, bootcamp style membership. So just kind of creating those different layers. I think that they could extremely increase their profit margins, which is what we're kind of looking at right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's, that's going to be, um, a tantalizing thing and it's definitely fun to have something like that on your mind and then be in a position where you can entertain it you know a lot of people if your facility wasn't running on the track that it was it can get really bad really quickly if you spread yourself too thin you know even if you have a partner or something like that two two gyms is not double the work it's like four or five no. times the work sometimes because everything gets so magnified so um, that that's going to be an interesting thing i always i always like to talk to people about you know if i could do a follow-up one year two years later down the road um you know where would you be and so we've kind of covered what your challenges are and what you're working towards but on the opposite side of that, if we were able to check in with you one year, two years down the, the road, where would you be in your ideal situation? Would you be at two locations? Would it be three? What would the world look like you know, for you and for Elevate? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely agree with you about the secondary location or scaling in that regards, which is why we haven't done it in six and a half years. Um, we, I never even wanted to entertain the idea before I even thought our systems might be able to handle it and not crumble. Cause I, you know, managing one location, um, at one point I wanted to pull my hair out. Right. And like being, you know, uh, location dependent, not being able to go on vacation or it not really running itself. It, it was a lot to handle. So I was like two, no way I am not doing that. I just barely got, you know, my life back. Um, but I do think that we have an amazing team so that I think that's the only reason why I am entertaining the idea. And also I think, um, we like the idea a lot better of acquiring a pre-established facility rather than kind of starting from scratch. Um, but I think the thing that we, our biggest thing, and we've never really been um, really big in online training. Obviously we pivoted that way when COVID hit as most people do. And we do offer um, online training, but we are working on um, a different element to online training, which I do think that is really what I would like to see accelerate and succeed in the next you know two years um i want the brand to expand i don't know if i necessarily want the locations to expand right i think that a lot of people can kind of relate to that but um more locations don't always mean doesn't always mean more profit right so just really looking to increase you know the brand um you know the brand versus the locations absolutely absolutely so we are running low on time here, so I am looking forward to doing those follow-up episodes and seeing where things go. But before we let you go, where can people find you online? What's your website? What's the social media? Where can they find you if they want to reach out and check out what's going on with Elevate? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the website is Elevate. So let me spell it out. It's E-L-E-V, the number eight, dash performance.com. And our IG handle is Elevate Performance. So either of those two ways, um, yeah, are, are really good ways to connect with us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kat, it's been a pleasure having you on today. I'm already excited for our follow-up. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And to everybody out there in Jim Ward's Nation listening, we appreciate your time. Appreciate you tuning in. If you want to be notified when new episodes drop, click the subscribe button, give us a like, leave us a review. We love the feedback. If you want to be on the show, be a superstar like Kat, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. We love to have you on to share your story and talk about your neck of the woods and how you're changing lives. Until then, We'll see you next time. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.